Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and whatever part of the day you're in. I'm very grateful that you have joined me and given me a little bit of your time. Um, for those of y'all that have been with us for quite a while, some of y'all for years now, thank you so much that you keep coming back and that you keep telling others about it. For those of y'all that are just joining and the numbers are increasing, um, I'm very glad that you have either stumbled onto the podcast or been told about it or, or whatever it is. So uh, super grateful for that. I hope you all enjoy it and get something out of it. Maybe enjoy is the wrong word, but I hope you get something out of it. Uh, adds a little bit of vim and vigor and fire to our defense of our nation and helps our nation, even if just a very little bit. Not a lot on the homestead. Still uh, have some scattered rain and, and a little bit more in the forecast, which is good. We definitely need it. We still have uh, a couple of very low tanks, one that's completely empty. So we definitely, definitely need the rain. And almost time to start thinking about planning trees and berry bushes, etc. So we'll get there at some point. A couple more months, really. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the time to record this podcast and the people that listen to it and share it. Be with them and their families. Bless them. Guide them. Forgive us our sins, Lord. Forgive us our support of evil, our judgment of others, our vanity, our greed, our arrogance, pride. Forgive us for not turning to you as individuals and as a nation. Watch over our nation, Lord, our leaders, from the president and the vice president all the way down, judges. Senators, representatives, admirals, generals. Watch over our educators. Oh, Lord, just show us what path to take. Help us to draw closer to you. Help us to get our priorities in order and our house in order. And guide my words here today, Father, please. In your son's name we pray. Amen. And know... There were some Bible verses that I was going to read, and my brain just completely went away. And that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, we'll get back into this fireside chat from FDR in 1943, see if we can wrap it up, and then uh, maybe, maybe it'll jog my memory. <laughs> The American people have had every reason to know that this is a tough and destructive war. On my trip abroad, I talked with many military men who had faced our enemies in the field. These hard-headed realists testify to the strength and skill and resourcefulness of the enemy. Generals and men whom we must beat before final victory is won. The war is now reaching the stage where we shall all have to look forward to large casualty lists. Dead wounded, and missing. 
War entails just that. There is no easy road to victory, and the end is not yet in sight. I have been back for only a week. It is fair that I should tell you my impression. I think I see a tendency in some of our people here to assume a quick ending of the war, that we have already gained the victory. And, perhaps as a result of this false reasoning, I think I discern an effort to resume or even encourage an outbreak of partisan thinking and talking. I hope I am wrong, for surely our first and most foremost tasks are concerned with winning the war and winning a just peace that will last for generations. Folks, I can tell you right now, we get into uh, the civil war that we seem headed to. It's not going to be quick. It's not going to be fast. The casualties are going to be almost overwhelming to anything that we have uh, modern experience, minus those few veterans and people that lived through World War II that we have still around. But look at what we're already doing on the path to socialism. Look at how many tens of millions, folks, tens of millions, tens of millions of our own citizens we've already murdered through abortion. And you think, oh, well, that doesn't count. That doesn't really, you don't notice that. That's the same attitude the South had about slaves. Well, they're not real people. They don't really matter. They're just barely animals. You think about that when you shrug off abortion the next time. That's pretty much the same attitude that the South had about slaves. Really not even quite that bad. We're, we're actually worse. And then you look at the number of children whose lives have been destroyed because they've been convinced that they're the wrong gender and they've mutilated their own bodies and been encouraged by adults that were supposed to care for and protect them. You look at the number of broken families. You look at the inner city destruction of our major cities, the homeless villages that are in our cities. You look at the suicide rate of our veterans. You look at all of these atrocities that spring at their core from rejection of God as a nation. The, the casualty list is going to be horrible if we get into a civil war which again seems to be the direction that we're headed, but the other option is a continued path down socialism, communism, leftism, and that's going to dwarf anything we would see from a civil war, folks. Dwarf it. It already is. It already is. I mean, we've already lost 60 million citizens in this insanity. And really, more than that. You, there, there's no war that even comes close to the numbers lost to socialism, communism, leftism, fascism, Nazism. 
the massive offensive which are we are making both in Europe and the Far East will require every ounce of energy and fortitude that we and our allies can summon on the fighting fronts and in all the workshops at home. As I have said before, you cannot order up a great attack on a Monday and demand that it be delivered on Saturday. Less than a month ago, I flew in a big army transport plane over the little town of Bethlehem in Palestine. Tonight, on Christmas Eve, all men and women everywhere who love Christmas are thinking of that ancient town and of the star of faith that shone there more than 19 centuries ago. American boys are fighting today in snow-covered mountains, in malarial jungles, on blazing deserts. They are fighting on the far stretches of the sea and above the clouds and fighting for the thing for which they struggle. I think it is best symbolized by the message that came out of Bethlehem. On behalf of the American people, your own people, I send this Christmas message to you who are in our armed forces, in our hearts and prayers for you, and for all your comrades in arms who fight to rid the world of evil. We ask God's blessing upon you, upon your fathers, mothers, wives, and children, all your loved ones at home. We ask that the comfort of God's grace shall be granted to those who are sick and wounded, and to those who are prisoners of war in the hands of the enemy, waiting for the day when they will again be free. We ask that God receive and cherish those who have given their lives, and that he keep them in honor and in the grateful memory of their countrymen forever. God bless all of you who fight our battles on this Christmas Eve. God bless us all. Keep us strong in our faith that we fight for a better day for humankind here and everywhere. We, uh, it all comes back to God and Jesus Christ, folks. It all comes back to Christmas. It all comes back to the teachings out of that little town in Bethlehem or the teachings of the man that came out of that little town of Bethlehem. If you don't get a little bit of chill from that last part of FDR's speech, uh, well, you can probably blame me as the narrator, orator, first, uh, but if you think that I did okay at that and you don't get chills, listen to it again. We need to think about what's coming, folks. We need to get our priorities in order, really in order. I, just there's 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 big things and little things that strike me in this last that you know the biggest is just God in general. Another of the huge ones, FDRs asking the comfort of God's grace to those who are sick and wounded and prisoners of war in the hands of the enemy, waiting for the day when they will again be free. I mean, we can see that today in our own country, the sick and the wounded, those who have been convinced by the enemy. Right, the devil, Satan, that good is evil and evil is good. Those of us that feel battered and abused and disheartened and hopeless and despair, that God would give us grace and comfort us. Those who have already gone, that God would receive and cherish them 
and help us to remember them. You know, that's that's one thing, and it's not little. It didn't even strike me until I just reread that paragraph right there. But we've talked about it on a podcast before. How many professional athletes do we know the name of? How many actors and actresses do we know the name of? Singers? How many politicians even, really, do we know the name of? Versus how many people who have died for our faith, for Christianity? How many people who have died for our country? I mean, shoot, if nothing else, just the men who have been given the Medal of Honor. How many of those names do we know? Do we teach those to our children? Do we teach our children the heroes of faith in our own family, those people who have, who have lived out these principles that FDR was talking about that came from Jesus Christ, that came from this little town of Bethlehem? Do we talk about them, our grandparents, our aunts and uncles? And again, you see this connection, folks. It's, it's, you can't hammer this enough. Look at what the destruction of the family does just in that one aspect. When your family is broken, when you have two moms or three or two dads or however many and a stepfather and a stepmother and grandpa's here and and grandma and grandpa, but now they're over here or they're divorced too with the gray divorce rate going up and you have these just horribly broken families. How can we pass on to the next generation when we destroy that? But, but what are we doing? I, I hesitate. I'm not even going to use the name for a couple reasons. But there's an extremely famous singer who has been in the news a lot lately. And, and you almost know that 95 plus percent of the American student body population know the name of this singer. And it's a singer that stands for horrible things. Horrible. Just outright evil things. And is a shining example of what not to do as a young person. And yet we know this person's name. They're a household name. A name that gets talked about in households on a daily basis. We talk about these people. I'm I'm guilty too, folks. I'm not just pointing the finger. I know some of these names. I know this person's name. And I guarantee you, I can't even tell you how many Medal of Honor names I don't know. Our priorities are out of line, folks. Why don't we teach? You know, if, if American public education... Again, for example, this is this is not just parents at home, folks. If, if we're going to pay to have our kids in school 8, 10, 12 hours a day, right, and, and 9, 10 months a year so that our kids are being raised today either by daycare workers primarily, the vast majority, I know not all of y'all, I know some of y'all that, that don't send your kids, uh, there's been times in, in my life where my wife and I haven't, uh, but there's also times where we do. So if we're, if we're going to pay 
to send American students at the cost of taxpayer dollars, then, then the purpose of that education has to be to produce citizens that strengthen our nation. And, and we've talked about this a lot. God first, 100%, that's at the center. But why don't we teach them about Medal of Honor, Medal of Honor winners? Why don't, how many of the students know who General Marshall is? If you did a survey, what do you think? How many of the students across the country would know who General Marshall is or Admiral King? How many would know Admiral King? You can answer that question on your own. I have no idea. I would, I would guess it's in single digits. Or if it's, if it's not in single digits, like maybe if you just caught uh, high school students that had just come out of U.S. history, maybe, right? I don't know. I don't know. And then the, one of the things, and this is, it, it's, it's not small, but one of the things here is you notice when FDR is praying here, right? He's praying for the men in the uniform, and we ask your blessing upon your fathers, mothers, wives, and children. The men were the ones fighting, folks, and, and it's, it's small to a lot of y'all, but one of the really destructive things the left has accomplished, feminism has accomplished, is incorporating women into the military. And, and the only time you see women functionally in the military is when a nation has got their back against the wall, right? Like Israel in the late 40s, everybody had to fight. Uh, Japan, ironically enough, when toward the very end of World War II, they were training everybody, women, children, uh, because before we dropped the atomic bombs, they were getting ready for us to invade mainland Japan, right? And so there's, there's points in history where you see these co-ed units out of desperation, but that's the only time. What we have done today is involuntarily forced men and women when our back's not against the wall. And, and in World War II, you know, there, there was an existential threat. There was the chance that we were going to lose. And you still just had men fighting. And there's a reason for that, folks. Because men and women are different. We're different physically. And even more important, we're different mentally, psychologically. You know, you can go out and find some women that can pass the physical demands before they started to get watered down. They can pass the physical demands of the military. You can. I've seen some of them. But you're never going to get a co-ed unit that's as functional as an all-male unit. And, and the Marine Corps did tests we've talked about on the podcast. So it's just a little thing here, folks. Just a little comment. Just a little bit more evidence of the insanity of the path that we've gone down today. The very end, one more time. God bless all of you who fight our battles on this Christmas Eve. God bless us all. Keep us strong in our faith that we fight for a better day for humankind here and everywhere. God bless you all, folks. Whatever battle you're fighting, 
if it's your own internal battle, every time you stand up for what is good and right and just, every time you try and help our country get back on the right track, you help your neighbor and love them as yourselves, you stand alone in the fray. God bless you. God notices. God sees. And it helps, folks. It helps our country. It helps mankind. Because if America falls, we're in trouble. So God bless you. God bless your marriages and your families. And God bless America. We'll talk to you all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.